Welcome to the PropTech Podcast. It's Kylie Davis here and I'm delighted to be your host as we explore the brave new world where technology and real estate collide. I passionately believe we need to create and grow a sense of community between the innovators and the real estate agents and sharing our stories is a great way to do that. The aim of each episode is to introduce listeners to a PropTech innovator who is pushing the boundaries of what's possible and explore the issues and challenges raised by the tech and how they can create amazing property experiences, especially in these strange and unusual times we live in. And my guest in this episode, and I am super excited, is the legendary Brad Inman, founder of Inman, a real estate news company, the biggest in the world, that has become a juggernaut through its conferences and events with Inman Connect. Now, Brad has been a long-time champion for technology in real estate, and going to Inman has become a rite of passage for many Australian prop techs. And if you're a prop tech who wants to hone your elevator pitch, being at Startup Alley or in the sponsors area at Inman, you will never get better experience than that. But Brad is also a huge agitator for better and more transparent and frictionless service in real estate, and the role of good agents or realtors in that service. So at Inman Connect last year, he described real estate as a shitty process and called on agents to embrace the tech that could change that. So this is a power-packed interview that looks at the gift that COVID-19 has given the real estate industry and also discusses unicorns. So Brad Inman, welcome to the show. Oh, so so happy to be here, Kylie. Just really, really excited. I, I To be in Australia at this very second in your... Uh, bedroom or office where we no my well um no you're in my office yeah it's it's safe it's appropriate <laughs> so it's really great it's really good to be here in fact we have a slogan for our connect now conference which is june 2nd through june 4th people say well where's it going to be and i said it's going to be in your house uh, it's it's going to be in your living room so move around the chairs make some coffee have some half and half for me you've been coming to us for 25 years now we're coming to you yeah, that's fantastic. So, so Brad, tell us what is the Inman elevator pitch? Because on the Pop Tech podcast, we always ask people yeah. what their elevator pitch is. Well, I don't need an elevator pitch because uh, I'm not raising money. So, um, uh, I have a vision, but I uh, no no elevator pitch. Not raising money. I did that all my life. I Inman's very profitable, a good company. Uh, but uh, so the the description of the company or the vision of the company is to change the real estate industry to create a better consumer experience. And, you know, we're a news company and we report the news every day, about 20 to 25 stories a day. And we put on events and, uh, you know, it's that simple. We're like a good old fashioned news company, except we're digital. Cool. And, and so tell us a little bit about the history. Like how did it start? Well, well, uh, it started uh, the way I funded it is I used to rob banks (laughs) <laughs> and uh, I was successful at that. And I use that to capitalize. No, um, you know, it was born out of a scandal at the National Association of Realtors that I uncovered as a consumer writer. I used to write consumer news for big metropolitan newspapers. And I ran across a scandal at the National Association of Realtors. Relative to now, Kelly, not that big of a scandal, but yeah. they had lost, or, you know, fettered away 27 million bucks and no one knew how what happened. They kept it a secret. And this is before there was transparency. And uh, decided to post it on the internet, right? You know, kind of probably one of the early first blogs. And lo and behold, of course, there were some opportunistic, interesting realtors, kind of a nerdy bunch of realtors. Uh, what we call over here, they were, you know, buy side agents and Remax agents because they tended to be a little smarter and a little more nerdy. And 
they saw what I posted and they were like, oh, finally someone, you know, independently talking about our industry. And that just kind of catapulted into Inman News. So it happened without a big business plan, without a pitch deck, you know, without all that stuff. It, it accidentally occurred. There was a gap in the market. And the gap was independent information for a big sprawling industry that wanted to know more about. Oddly enough, they had to come to this blogger guy in Oakland, California to get the scoop on their big sprawling trade association. Yeah, fantastic. And it, I think it tells you, it, doesn't it, about the importance of transparency, which has always been a, a big theme of Inman's and, and seeing a market niche and going for it. Yeah. And building a... Definitely. Uh, but, you know, we were lucky in a way. I mean, there's... Uh, I just talked to Pete Flint this morning. He's a founder of Trulia. He sold a Zillow. And he and I were talking about how the the number of cool new startups that are going to come out of this pandemic that are in the works now, that are inspired by circumstances, it's in down difficult times that the greatest entrepreneurs, all these emerge. And so it's it's going to be fun to watch stuff that probably you and I in this podcast can't even imagine is is being cooked up as we speak. Yeah. So, so let's talk, let, let's unpack that a little bit. Let's talk about real estate in the time of um, COVID-19. How, how's it playing out for you? Well, I spent 20 years uh, ranting and raving about the digital efficient transaction and yeah. that didn't get us <laughs> very far. But uh, the reality is it took a pandemic, uh, oddly enough, a set of circumstances that made it impossible for people to have to go through the bureaucratic process of buying and selling a home with all these people and all these meetings and all these closing meetings and all these open houses and everything else. It took the forcing function of a pandemic that said, you can't do any of that because we're closed for business. Yet there were transactions happening and people wanted to see houses and people wanted to list houses. So guess what? The real estate industry had to get its act together really quickly and start doing virtual showings and zoom meetings and, uh, you know, uh, e-signatures and e-closings and, you know, screw the whole, we have something over here uh, called a notary, which goes back to, I think the 14th century, you know, probably goes back to, um, it's older than America. (laughs) Thought that scheme up and that, that whole process is ridiculous. You know, we can, we can authenticate people sufficiently to go through Homeland security and not terrorize an airplane. You'd think we could figure out a way to have a piece of paper not signed and not have some, you know, fellow show up to, to, you know, stamp it. And so all that's being the industry forced to adopt all these great technologies that have been around for some time. And it's, it's really quite revolutionary. We're going to come out of this with a much better real estate transaction. We may not have many of them, but, <laughs> but we will certainly have no, lost a few on the way. Uh, will be a lot easier for everybody, for the, for the, what we call over here, the realtor, the real estate agent, and certainly for the buyer and the seller. Yeah. Do you think do you think it's going to stick do you, or do you think there's going to be a bit of a pushback afterwards to go back to doing things the way that we've always done? What can we do about that? I use business travel. OK, let's use Australia to the US. Yeah. You all come to our conferences and that will continue. People yep. want to, you know, get together in that way, shape and form. It requires human touch. Yeah. But even that will be diminished a little is my suspicion. But think of all the business, all the flights that people have had to take over the years from your country to ours and our country to yours for what I'll call business contractual administrative relationships, Mm. unnecessary. And what's great, the lawyers, the business people, the contractors, the development people, they're all figuring out. And this happened a long time ago in software development. You don't need to be in the same room to write code. Well, you don't need to be in the same room to negotiate a contract. And you don't need to be in the same room to close a contract. And you don't need to be in the same room to do business development. 
and I think business travel is just going to be whacked in half because, you know, yeah, I guess we kind of like to travel, but for business travel, it's exhausting. You're away from your family. It's, you know, it can be demoralizing. So, you know, I just read today that the market cap of the six largest airlines in the world is less than the market cap of Zoom. And that right in your face economically <laughs> tells you uh, what's going on and what's happening. And uh, so I think there's a big sea change and that's going to stick, Kylie. And the real estate stuff's going to stick. And, you know, no one's going to worry again too much about a virtual showing. No one's going to worry too much about virtual open houses. No one in the old days, oh, you got to have the realtor there. You got to do this. You got to do that. I also think we're going to throw some technology out, you know, like drip marketing, which sounds like something, you know, our ex-president Bush did to to the the, the terrorist suspects, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, no more drip marketing, maybe. Wouldn't that be fantastic? No more useless technologies that don't work. And I think what's going on right now, we see it here, is people have time to, one, they need to use technology, so they're using it. They're also doing a sorting out and vetting process they didn't do before. They used to just buy the stuff that the best salesman that knocked on their door, exhibited at a, an event, pitched them. And now uh, real estate people have time to think about it, use it, try it out. And they're using the stuff that works and they're not using the stuff that doesn't. I threw my rumba in the pool, yeah. um, my robotic vacuum cleaner, because it was a, a loud mouth, useless piece of crap. And I got rid of it. And uh, um, the pool guy wanted to know what was at the bottom of the pool, <laughs> some sort of outer space thing. But the point is we can just do a better job of picking the right technology now. Yeah, fantastic. And, and so I hear that you had to isolate for, um, for about six weeks. Tell us about that. Well, I was all alone. Yaz, my lovely wife, was in Florida. She had to go back to the East Coast in uh, early March to help her mother get to Morocco. And then we decided probably safer and better for her not to fly. So we stayed apart for about six, seven weeks. But I really wasn't alone, Kylie. One day I, w- I looked out in the front yard and there was a big, uh, a big group of um, unicorns. And they oh. in my front yard. And after about 10 days of looking at them and them looking at me, I decided to go out and talk to them. And I spoke to them and uh, we had a really nice chat. I learned a lot about them. They're immune from viruses. They can move from place to place all over the world in seconds. And the Wednesday I picked up uh, Yaz from LAX, Los Angeles Airport. Uh, They told me that'd be the last time we'd be talking. And I was pretty sad. And I said, why? And they said, well, we know Yaz is coming home today. We got to move in, move over to another household that has someone that's alone. So the unicorns are there for you. Now, the point of that whole story is, who in this period that's been isolated hasn't had a crazy moment, a panic attack? Who hasn't got angry? Who hasn't kind of lost their mind? Who hasn't, uh, you know, had uh, seen unicorns in their front yard? Maybe not many people doing that. But the point is, this has been a very human experience where humanity comes out good, bad, and in between. You know, we don't put on acts. We're not trying to pretend. We're not trying to be all corporate and cool and professional. And we're just are who we are. I'm looking, you know, at, at, at your office. I wouldn't ordinarily have that opportunity. And uh, so I think that's really great. And humanity's coming out in all these beautiful ways. Uh, for, for about three weeks, someone was leaving a bag on my front porch. And in there, one time was a leg of lamb. The other time was a whole chicken and then some barbecue ribs. And no note, no business card, no after the effect tax, no someone taking credit. Someone that knew me, though, they knew I liked all of those things. Well, it turned out to be my local realtor. So just as we figured out that technology is really, really important, we're also learning um, the importance of that local human touch of a realtor. And by the way, you know what? I didn't get those treats in my front. I didn't get them from Zillow. I didn't get them from Remax headquarters. I didn't get them from Realogy headquarters. I didn't get them from Remax headquarters. 
I didn't get them from Realtor.com. I didn't get them from Open Door. I didn't get them from Dash Door. I didn't get them from Walmart Delivery. I got them from that local realtor. Yeah, and it, it, there are some wonderful stories out there of people looking out for each other, aren't there? And and I I love now how it's completely appropriate and an acceptable excuse to not be able to make it to a meeting or to decline a meeting because you either have to go out and do grocery shopping at that time or there's something going on with the, you know, the kids are often popping into meetings that are well, not my kids, but um, friends have got kids who are, will pop into Zoom meetings and everyone just like, yeah, okay, well, you know, it happens, it's life. People are more respectful and, uh, you know, me, I'm always kind of giving grief to the big shots and, you know, the big shots are just, it's, it's a great equalizer here. Yes. Pretty much the same. There's not the big guys in the high towers and the big offices and then everyone else. The pyramid's been tipped and it's very democratic and I think it's beautiful. Yeah. And and even before COVID, we were seeing that, weren't we, where the technology has been putting, has been moving the power away from institutions towards individuals. And, I, and now this kind of pandemic is basically um, those individuals are coming together. By yeah. the way, this is iced coffee. Peter Brewer okay. might see this. Oh, he won't see this, right? This is audio? This is audio, yeah. <laughs> well, the audience doesn't know. I'm drinking from a big jar. It's so big. It's as big as my head. And I'm drinking my iced coffee that my lovely wife, Yas, made for me. And I don't know why she put it in this big jar, but it's great. I, I didn't think I'd drink it all, but I've been... Now, that, that's probably why I'm talking so fast. I'm all... She said, you got to be on for the Aussies. She, she said, they're your favorite people in the world. Yeah, fantastic. Let's just... Pause there for a moment and hear a quick word from our sponsors. Direct Connect makes moving easy for your customers by arranging connections to a wide range of services from electricity and gas to internet and pay TV. Their always-on guarantee ensures your customers' connections are top priority and the industry-leading rewards program means agencies reap the benefits and value add too. Direct Connect will care for your customers with guaranteed connections that ensure their services will be connected on the day they move in. With a choice of a range of market-leading suppliers and peace of mind for everyone with our call centre contacting customers within 24 hours of receiving their application. With local account managers who are experts in the industry and there to support your business, competitive commissions for every successful connection and a one-of-a-kind rewards program. To make the right connect and to find out how Direct Connect can make moving easy for you and easy for your customers, visit agents.directconnect.com. Dot com dot au. Direct Connect makes moving easy. Um, so let's talk about like what are the, some of the global trends that you're seeing right now in the industry? We talked a little bit about transparency before. I've heard, I don't know if you've heard it, but I heard that they closed down the whole global economy. You heard that? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Can you believe it? I mean, who would have thought? I know, right? We now have a pandemic, but we completely closed down all the businesses of the world instantly. It's, it's like, I can't even digest what it all means. And, and, and I always say anyone that can tell me what it all means is full of shit because no one knows what it means. Kylie, no one knows. And no one knows yet the unintended and intended consequences here. And no one really knows who to blame or why. And no one knows the fixes that we're putting in place, whether they were smart or not. And history will judge us. I am, you know, riveted by the spirit with which people are trying to tackle the problem with the science community, the first responders, and just everybody. But on the real estate front, it's the same thing. You shut down a global economy, guess what? Next thing that's shut down is the real estate market. Now, does that mean there's no transactions? No, that's not true. There's always people looking for housing for whatever yeah. reason. I had, we had people knock on our door here 
uh, looking to rent a house, just randomly knocking on doors. So there are people that need housing or looking for housing. And so the real estate industry still has some work to do. They just have a lot less. And I call the summer of 2020, I unfortunately believe it's going to be the dog days. It's going to be the summer of the dog days, both the economy and the real estate market. So we all got to do is be honest about what we're up against and suit up for a whole different environment in the short term and then position our companies and the infrastructure and the technology so we're prepared. One, you want to make sure you come out of it whole or at least kind of whole and then be prepared to respond when at very low interest rates when buyers and sellers you know, get back in the market. But you know, it's going to be a tough few months, at least in the U.S. Yeah. And so... What does that positioning look like, do you reckon? Well, for the industry? Yeah. Like, well, for agents right now, how should they be? Yeah, just getting themselves? your house in order. You know, everyone's going through their databases. Everyone's updating their technology. You know, they're doing things to save money, like going in and looking at all their cost structures, um, you know, realigning their cost, uh, learning the new technologies, you know, like anything you never had time for. You know, all yeah. the stuff that you said, oh, if I only had a day. Busy. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like giving the planet a breather. You know, the, the upside of this is I just went by a gas station and I hadn't filled up gas in a while. It's cheap. To- yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, that it's not only cheap for us to buy fuel, but it's also the fact that, you know, we've had this complete decline in, it, you know, the industrial machinery of the world and automobiles is the, the planet's getting a breather. So I think in a way we're like the planet. Human beings are getting a breather from the rat race. And when you get a breather, you can take care of business. Now, I know it's not easy every day to get up and make that happen, but the more we take care of that, the better. Yeah. And and what what's your advice or what are you telling um, prop tech businesses at the moment, especially the startups in, in that space about what they should be doing right now? Well, I've been through it, different things, dot-com bust, uh, the financial collapse, with a start with startups, you know, in and outside of real estate, with venture partners. And my advice to all business people and entrepreneurs is trust your gut, trust your team, listen with a faint ear to your investors. They react. Mm. You know, like February, they're saying, grow, 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 spend the money. Don't worry, you can raise another round. You can raise another, grow, 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 spend your money, spend your money, spend your money. You can raise another round. You're really great. And then one month later, they're saying, uh, oh my God. <laughs> cut your costs, fire everybody right now. You won't be able to raise another round. I mean, these people are nuts and they're, they're just not very savvy. Most of them never run a business. No, most of them never started a business. And it's just noise and particularly now. So, you know, trust your gut. If you, if, if you let the venture guys whip you around, you'll go crazy and you'll probably ruin your business. Yeah. Uh, I remember back in um, 2001 with the dot-com crash, my CFO said, we got to stop spending money because we're, and like every startup then, we're acquiring customers for a cost of $408 per customer and we're making $28 per customer. <laughs> it didn't make any sense, but that's what you do. But he said, we got to stop. What if this thing would go awry and we couldn't raise another round? So I went to my VCs and said, hey, we're going to stop $3 million worth of consumer spending a month. And they went, oh, no, you can't do that. You can't do that. I go, yes, that's what we're going to do. And I just stood up to him. I said, I'm the CEO. I run the company and I own the company and you're my investors, but that's what we're going to do. And oh, my God, they thought I was stupid. Well, my friend, Andrew Coleman, who was the CFO, was right on because that nine months, we didn't spend $3 million. Cumulatively, we saved $30 million. And when we when the dot-com crash and everything came to a screeching halt, you could not raise 12 cents. Mm. And my VC who loved us wasn't going to give us 13 cents. Mm. And as good as and much as they liked us, there was no money. It completely dried up. And the only reason 
Were we brilliant? The only thing we did right is what Andrew Croman said. Our business was like any other business in startup land. We were told and whipsawed by our venture guys to spend, 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 and then they put us in a predicament. And so you got to stand up to these people and you got to do what's right for your business. It's your business. It's your product. So, um, you know, I love I love people that fund businesses. I love venture capitals. I love Wall Street, but they all have a role. And sometimes there's a disproportionate talk about power where they play a little more power and influence than they should. And, um, you know, so not to rag on them all, but uh, since I'm never going to raise money again, I'm not worried. But, yeah, <laughs> you can you can speak on all of our behalves. <laughs> so my first um, Inman conference, um, Brad, was San Francisco, I think, in like uh, well, during the downturn, like it was, it was when the U.S. market was really in the downturn. What do you, what do you think we can take out of what we learned from that period with us as we go through this one? Like, what should we have learned from that experience? A personal story. Uh, Chris Smith was working for Inman at the time, and he was quite the. Uh, I had a major fan crush on fangirl crush on him. He, he was quite Thank the Chris. ringmaster of our events, and people loved him. And it just turned out that the financial crisis was the very moment around the time my parents died. And I was, you know, the business wasn't struggling, but it was like every business. It was certainly having its challenges. I was down in the dumps about my parents and I got on stage at a pre-event before the main event and Chris Smith was there and I was pretty down. Mm. And um, he took me aside and he said, Brad, I don't care what you're feeling right now. And I care, but I, you know, I don't care how worried you are about the business. You got to put that aside and you got to fake it till you make it. And you got to get up there and you got to smile and you got to, you got to pitch some optimism, these people, because they're looking to you for that. And uh, so get up there and do that. And he kicked me in the butt and I'll never forget it. And it, it really made all the difference in the world. Um, Another time I'll never forget Bob Hale's wife, Susie Hale, one time I early on was picking up, you know, pieces of paper on the carpeting and I was frowning and I was worried about the next speaker and I was running around like a banshee. And she took me aside and she goes, hey, Brad, just fake a smile when you walk through the crowd, because when they see you and you're all frowny, they, they're worried something's wrong mm. and you're worrying them. And so, again, fake it till you make it. So I those are two. I can go through all kinds of financial lessons and blah, blah, blah. But I really believe, and you bought, you all in that country do it naturally. You have a, a natural optimism no matter what the uh, the challenges you face. But, you know, some Americans can be pretty pouty. And, you know, I at times have been pouty. And so those are powerful lessons for me. So so you, so the takeout from that would be like look to the, look well, look for the silver lining, I guess, and, and focus on that. Yep, absolutely. You have to. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. So, so you've pivoted the, you've, you've pivoted Connect as an event to become Connect now. No, we really haven't no? pivoted. The event will still exist. Um, it, uh, it just, in 2020, none of us are doing anything the way we used to. We can't mm-hmm. have Las Vegas. Yeah. And therefore, if we can't have it, we do know that the community has this burning desire to connect. We know the community has this burning desire to get content. We also know there's always been a burning desire to take the event global, like Australia and Canada and Europe. And uh, so suddenly we see an opportunity before us to do all the basic things we always did, have a much larger audience, go global, go with global content. And um, so to me, it's not connect. 
We call it Connect Now. It's just a new experience provided by Inman that'll be mind blowing, and uh, that will, I think, you know, serve our 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 users, our readers, our attendees even better. And I think those will continue into the future, but we'll also do killer live events as well. I think that's our plan. But again, can I go back to the top of this conversation? None of us, none of us knows what's next and what exactly is on the horizon. It's it's kind of been day to day, week to week, month to month. Um, we're a well-managed business. You know, we're lucky to be liquid um, and we're in a position to serve our readership. And we double down on doing that. And really try to go from just business intelligence to a real service journalism support during this tough time. And uh, we didn't, we didn't lay off people and uh, you know, we're really leaning into the opportunity to serve our readers. Mm, Fantastic. So, so what do you think some of the themes or what are some of the themes that are coming out that, that are going to be discussed at connect at connect now? Sorry. There's a constantly changing uh, and we're the news, so we mirror whatever that is. So as things are changing, we're mirroring that change. I think maybe working from home, staying healthy was four weeks ago. Then it was, oh, my gosh, save the transactions. Then it was, where do we get government help? And now it's starting to, I think, really knock people in the face that we have some tough times ahead. So I think the probably one thing that we're going to be really glued to maybe in the four weeks before then is providing kind of essential information to help people survive and thrive and also look around the bend and build their businesses to last and to get through this and be really opportunistic. And then I think there's just a lot of nuts and bolts and there's, you know, how can we reorient our business towards service, not sales? How can we leverage and use the, all the new technology um, you know, all that practical stuff. You know, I think we'll have a lot of big thinkers and strategic stuff like we always do. But I think it's also kind of like we've done with the editorial. It's going to be very service driven and useful. And I think about the time we have, that is when the industry may be suffering the most. So we've got to really make sure uh, people come to that, use that time and get something out of it that's going to help them get through the summer. Let's just Pause there for a moment and hear a quick word from our sponsors. As a real estate agent, you know you need to be doing more content marketing, but creating posts for social media, creating videos and reports is hard work, lots of hard work, and it takes time. So that's why you need Homeprezzo. If you're a typical agent posting one or two social media posts a week, Homeprezzo can save you between 75 to 100 hours a year. How many more properties could you sell if you had that time back? Homeprezzo can help you create engaging, informative videos about how the property market in your local suburb is performing. Plus, it makes creating suburb reports, rental videos for landlords, and social media infographics an absolute piece of cake. If you can type in a suburb or type an address, you can create a Prezzo using Homeprezzo in just a few minutes. Listeners to the PropTech podcast receive a 14-day free trial. Now that's twice as long as the normal free trial. So go to homeprezzo.com.au and click the sign up button and use the code PropTech to get your extended free trial or click the link in our show notes. What What's some of the tech that you've seen around the traps that has really impressed you during that this time? Well, anything that's related to... Uh, showings, automation, digitalization, eliminate paper, eliminates people being in front of each other, anything, you know, real estate went from being 
um, consumer information for the first 10 years of the internet. And now it's moved in, I think, starting about 2015 into transactional. Everything that's transactional, that, that ugly, gnarly back end that gets in the way and, and rep, you know, puts too many transactions at risk. Uh, that to me is the real future here, whether it be escrow or title or mortgage or, you know, all the, the multiplicity of steps that get in the way of more efficient transactions. I mean, you all with your auctions have always been very efficient on the on the consumer side where you can get in and out and buy a home fairly quickly. And that's what we're seeing happen here finally. And so that's the technological emphasis that's that's going on now by the entrepreneurs. Yeah. Um, yes. Auctions have always been a really great almost like a weekly sports report on how the market's performing. So we've always had that feedback loop. Um, What's going on with those? Is there activity now? Is it back running? And well, no, uh, auctions, live auctions are still um, not permitted, but um, there's basically there's a, a, a pile of digital platforms out there that allow you to do virtual auctions and also, pri- you know, private treaty negotiations over... Um, apps that, that allow you to kind of almost do an auction styled transaction or give you a lot of transparency around that negotiation tactic. So those guys have really stepped up. There's probably about uh, six to eight players in that space just in Australia alone. That's yeah. exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We should import, we should export that to the US. It's Some of them are really great. Great idea. Um, so so what are the, what's the value that you think Australians and, and Kiwis are going to get from um, Connect Now? Well, first, just meeting people from around the world. Uh, there'll be better ways to, to connect. Uh, I think the exhibit hall is better at our digital event than our real connect. Um, you'll Tell me more about that. How does that work? You'll be able to see kind of in your own time, in your own space without a distraction. You mm-hmm. think about it, you go up to a booth and there's a guy and then there's a woman and then there's people around and you meet someone, you're looking, you're trying to focus and you're trying to, you know, there's a lot of noise and, you know, you're distracted by the guy's got bad breath and, you know, you you can't focus on, on what it's about. Now you're going to be able to click on, you know, exhibit and there's going to be a digital um, you know, demo and demonstration. You're going to be able to try it. You're going to be able to use it. You're going to be able to, you know, move it around yourself. You're not going to be distracted by anything. And so I think it's actually a better experience. I also think you're going to be able to meet more people. If you think about it, okay, you go to the event and you sit next to three or four people and then you maybe meet a couple of new people like in the hallway then you see some old friends and they introduce you. So now we're up to like 20 people. Then you go to maybe two or three cocktail parties. Peter Bureau probably goes to 100, but, you know. Most of the Australians would go yeah. double that, yeah. Yeah, so maybe you see at max another 20 or 30. And then you add it all up and you've seen maybe, if, if you're lucky, you've met maybe 150. And most of those are in passing. And now you're going to be able to connect with everybody seamlessly throughout their three or four days and afterwards in a more genuine way. Let's take you and I, Kelly. We have met in passing a zillion times. Even when I came to Australia, you had me bopping around from meeting to meeting all day, all night, la, 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 la. I had a lot of meetings in passing, but I didn't have this. You and I, in 25 minutes, had a more meaningful connection than we did two days together. Mm. And so there's a lot of benefits to the digital virtual experience that we've learned in the last 30 days that are amazing. I have interviewed people for my podcast. Honestly, I didn't really know who they were. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm in the green room of the connect. They got all their wingmen there, you know, worried about what they're saying. The person gets distracted. Some comes up, I get distracted. 
you know, Rich Barton and I may be sitting there for 20 minutes together. Uh, but honestly, we maybe had 30 seconds of any meaningful dialogue, like what's really going on with you and what's really, you know, so I, I think there's a pony in here hmm. and it'll be like anything. The people that come to connect and take advantage of it come out winners. The people that come and sit back, don't, you know, dive in. Uh, it'll be like anything, but I think at the end, it's going to be pretty powerful. I'm really convinced. Yeah. Um, and just to let everybody know, we will be doing some special Australian, you know, Australian content and, and making sure that we can make the time zones and things like that work for the Australian audience, because we know that not everyone wants to wake up at 3am and listen to speakers. So we'll be looking at ways that we can um, really localise what's going on. Yeah, we, we have to do that. Audience. And I, I'm, I will be after this call, push, I push my team all the time on this. We have to figure out on our end the way to do that as well. Yeah, um, Pete and Tara and I have got some great ideas, so we'll be sharing them um, really soon. So, so one last question, Brad. With um, we've talked about how realtors are, are coping with COVID. We've talked about prop tech and the arc around that. What about the big players um, in real estate? What are you, what are you seeing from them? I think they're the most challenged. I think this is a epic moment in the history of real estate technology adoption, and I think those. One, that are outsourcing all their technology, don't control it, can't direct it because they're dependent on others uh, for the product roadmap. And um, I just think this is a uh, going to be a turning point. If a legacy company isn't doesn't own a lot of its own technology, um, isn't adopting all the current technology, um, is holding back in any way, shape or form, I think they're in trouble. Mm -hmm. And um, so I think... This could be a defining moment. And then I think a lot of companies that were already in the U.S. struggling anyway, the big brokers, small brokers whose margins were tight, they didn't have enough market share. They were already struggling in a great housing market. So mm. it might be the demise of some of them. Anyone that can be agile, can control and own their own technology and keep with what's now going to be a huge revolution in technology, I think is really going to struggle. Yeah. And um, and what about iBuyers? Because they've been such a big theme of Inman conferences for, for the last couple of years. They're already back. And no one knows. Ah. It. They're, already, <laughs> they're opening their doors in Atlanta this week and they're well capitalized and some of the smartest people in the industry are doing it. And uh, I, I just got wind of it last week. It's happening in Atlanta. And my, my guess, it's going to roll out across the country very quickly. Yeah. And so one, uh, so I am going to ask one last question. What was what was the? I'm intrigued still by the unicorn story. What what did the unicorns? What piece of advice or guidance did the unicorns give you? Just relax. You know, um, we'll all get through this. And you know, look, be grateful. Like Bradley, you should be grateful that a group of unicorns are in your front yard. Yeah. <laughs> like, is, not everybody has that 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 lucky chance to spend a morning with unicorns. You didn't, you didn't have COVID and that, that was a fever thing, was it? No, and I didn't no. have, I didn't take any LSD and it wasn't an hallucination. <laughs> you know, it was just, they just showed up one day and uh, I decided to believe everyone asked for pictures and I unfortunately was too like into it. It's kind of like you go to the Grand Canyon. Anyone that goes to the Grand Canyon and whips out their iPhone, like, uh, no, don't do that. If, if you should just go stay at home and watch it on YouTube if you're at the Grand Canyon, put your camera away and just absorb what's going on around you. And so I decided to just absorb 
the fact that I had unicorns in my front yard and not go running for my camera and try to take a picture. So regrettably, I don't have any proof, but that they taught me to be grateful. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this has been a, a, a period where a lot of people are focusing on what they're, what they're grateful for. And I think probably we should all be grateful for, <laughs> for that. If you're not, if you're not just believe a little, the unicorns will show up and they'll teach you gratitude. Fabulous. Thank you so much for your time, Brad. It's been wonderful to have you on the PropTech podcast. You're the best. I'm a big fan of everything you do. And all the listeners of this podcast should do everything they can to support Kyla. She's always there on the front line with everything Inman's ever done as long as she's been attending. So keep up the good work. And thank you for helping us with Connect Now. It's going to be really a lot of fun. I am very excited to be an ambassador. I'm looking forward to it. Now that was Brad Inman, founder of Inman and one of the most influential people in real estate and prop tech in the world today. And I've been a huge fan of Brad's, major fangirl, ever since I first attended my first Inman Connect in San Francisco back when I was at News Corp. I went as a guest of Ray White with Mark McLeod, Kelly Tatlow, Sam White and Lindsay Douglas and big shout out to all the guys. And at it, I met this tech wunderkind called Nathan Krasansky. And it was also the trip when I caught up for lunch on one day with Greg Dickerson and Monique Dorigo, who were influential in my career at CoreLogic. So Inman has been a very influential part of my life. And what I've always loved about Inman was the extraordinary positivity and optimism that comes from those conferences and the strong sense of community around it. When you go to Inman, you are buzzed for months after. Everything seems possible. The ideas are big and if you're in tech, it's a monstrous high. And Brad has been extremely successful at building a community of engaged and positive people who are passionate about the industry and about its higher purpose, which is not about egos or commissions, but about the power we have to help people find their home. I think I've been to six Inman conferences and everyone I have just brought home the most amazing information and it's given me huge context for the tech um, challenges that we see in our businesses and for the industry as a whole. So I was really excited to become an Inman ambassador for Connect Now this year. It's a virtual event, but together with my fellow ambassadors, Tara Christensen and Peter Brewer, and de facto Aussie ambassadors, Laura Munro, Joe Shute, and also um, Molly McKinley, um, we're dedicated to creating a great Australian and Kiwi experience around the conference that's both time zone friendly and gives you the best of both worlds of amazing global and local content. So if there are topics that you would like to see discussed at Inman, drop me an email, kylie at realcontent.guru. I'd really love to hear from you. Now, I've included a link in the show notes to Inman Connect, which is, as I said, a virtual event. There are tickets priced from just $49 US, so it's cheaper than ever before to come and tap into some of this content, and you can do it from the comfort of your own home. So if you've enjoyed this episode of the PopTech podcast, I would love you to tell your friends or drop me a line or share the episode around on LinkedIn, on our Facebook page, or you can follow this podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor or Apple iTunes. I'd like to thank my audio support, Charlie Hollins and the fabulous Jill Escudero and our sponsors, Smidge Wines, proud to be the official wine of Australian PropTech and my new sponsor, Direct Connect, making moving easy and Homeprezo turning your data into amazing marketing content which has never been more important in these days of social isolation 
So thanks everyone. Until next week, stay safe and keep on prop teching.